Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Welcome back, lady. As always, so happy you're here hanging out and not only with me today, but with my guest, Lindsay Varney. Lindsay is a meal planning coach and she focuses on the pillars of Ayurveda and gut health. But you will quickly see the reason why I adore Lindsay so much and was so drawn to her messaging is because though she is centered around basic pillars of Ayurveda, which she explains simply and breaks it down so it's so easy to understand if that's a new topic to you or if that's a totally new topic to you, don't worry, she's got you. But she does so in a way where she is truly emphasizing you as an individual what your body needs, how to tap into that intuition, how to detach from diet culture, how to live this way as a lifestyle and not as a diet. We talk about food, we talk about exercise, we talk about body image, talk about how life changes and we lose jobs and we have ups and downs and mindset. And it's this beautiful umbrella that encompasses all of Lindsay's wisdom. I cannot wait for you to hear and you know if you love it. Shout me out on Instagram. Let me know. Find Lindsay on Instagram. Let her know and soak it all in because it's great. It's juicy and it is exactly what you are needing today. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited for you all to be here and for us to have a special guest today. Today we are talking with Lindsay Varney. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> Round three. This is the third time's a charm. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited for you to be here today and for us to be sharing our space with a guest. Welcome, Lindsay Varney. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, we're honored that you are here and excited for you to dive in and share your message. Why don't you go ahead and just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am based in Boston, and I recently left my career in advertising to pursue a passion of mine. I've been a yogi for quite some time. I'm also a yoga instructor and a world traveler, something that I'm really proud of. And now I'm a meal planner. And my niche for meal planning is um, based in the pillars of Ayurveda, which is the sister science of yoga, and then also just um, some basic gut health as well. So it's not just like, what are you having for dinner this week? Um, And helping people that way, but really helping them to heal their bodies as well. And just listen to it a little bit more because your body gives you a lot of feedback. How did you shift from corporate land world to yogi and Ayurveda and things that are not necessarily in my mind correlated together? You're right. They're (laughs) They're pretty much exact opposites. Um, So I've been practicing yoga for quite some time 
time. Um, and I most recently left my job and actually it was COVID related. Um, but at the same time, I feel it was the universe giving me the shove as she likes to do of, you know, what's next. And I'd been kind of toying of working in the wellness space a bit. Um, just from my experience with my family and just seeing how health and wellness is really important there and then also with myself and how it impacts the community. So I took a step and I looked at like, well, what makes me passionate? Like what's something I'm excited about? What, what I like doing and sharing with others? And it kept coming back to food. I love to cook, um, I'm self-taught. I love to play around in the kitchen. Uh, I have a really small, not so cute kitchen here in Boston, but I enjoy it so much. Just listening to music and um, it's very meditative for me. But I know that's not the case for a lot of people um, and that cooking comes with a lot of overwhelm of what's healthy, what's not healthy, how much time does do things take, you know, all of those different things. So I wanna simplify things for people. And so that's how I got into it is just things that I've learned and I've been passionate about and, and want to share with others and saw a gap in the space. Speaking like a true yogi, like I think you definitely um, have found that uh, passion in that place. You one feel the nudge from the universe and follow it and then are looking out for the community and everyone as a whole. So I, yeah, you, you speak very well to, to your theme there, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was kind of funny how it happened. Um, I had an aha moment actually at the dentist of all places. <laughs> well, you um, have to think there. You can't say a lot. Yeah, no, I have a really great relationship with my dentist, and he is, it's such a great place. Um, anyhow, he saw the, like, sack of lunch I was bringing one day, like, after, you know, I was heading into the office after meeting with him, and he was like, what's that? And I was just telling him about, like, all the food I made, and what it's good for, and this and that, and he literally was like, I want you to do that for me. And then he was like, hold up, hold up yes, I want you to do it for me, but I want to pay you. Can you do this for me? And I was like, oh, people like pay for this kind of thing? Like, I didn't know. I thought it was just something, you know, that's innate to everybody, regardless of if they're busy and have a family or not. So that was a little bit of an aha moment. And then I just started to explore that a little bit more. And that's so true too because I, when you have something that comes really naturally or you're really passionate about I am very in that same boat like I just assume like oh not everybody does this or not everybody feels and approaches that way but you're so right like you nailed everything with being in the kitchen and cooking it's time it's overwhelm of information and education it's just lack of almost where where do you start how do you even begin that process yeah yeah totally one of the things um that i found really interesting somebody that i'm working with right now they one of their pain points was they would find a recipe that seemed like it was going to be good for their body they buy all the ingredients and then they get home and be like um i don't have an immersion blender or mm -hmm. a blender at all so mm -hmm. How am I going to do this? So, you know, not only do I take into consideration what your body, the feedback that your body's giving you and what you tell me and your preferences and all those things, I look at, you know, what is practical for your life um, in terms of time, the tools that you have. Like, I don't want you going out and buying, you know, a Vitamix if you don't really need one and don't want one or, um, you know, an ingredient that costs 15 
$15 and you're never going to use it again. Like that, I'm not about that. It's like, let's like simplify this because it's something just like small changes that you can make every single day are really, you know, how a larger impact is made. This is one big reason why I was really drawn to you, Lindsay, and I know the listeners will relate with this so much because you talk about, you take all these things into consideration and yes, your foundation and a big piece of your practice are those pillars of Ayurveda, but we're, I'm going to do twofold with this question. Um, first of all, we're going to backtrack when we're done and have you explain what that is because sure. I should have done that probably before. I'm such a great host when I am. Um, <laughs> no worries. Um, but then also can, then you touch on and expand on how that can be adapted to so many people without having such a black and white thinking of that space. Yes, I love that question so much. So first I can step back and explain a little bit about Ayurveda. Um, so Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga. It's the science of life um, and it's a Sanskrit word. And basically how I like to define it and how I've interpreted it is really just following, you know, what your body is telling you. It's a really beautiful thing. It's one of the oldest holistic healing practices in the world. It stems from India back 3,000 years ago. So like, this isn't something that's new. It's been around Not for a really long time. Buzzword. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's starting to become a little bit of a buzzword right now. And um, I feel like it's starting to become a little bit more well-known in the Western world, um, at least from what I've been hearing and the research that I've been doing. And it's wonderful. And I, I like that it is something that enables you to check in with yourself every day, or not enables, it like forces you to check in with yourself every day and be like, how am I feeling? and what is going to be best for my body. And so in Ayurveda, um, there's three different energies that are formed by five different elements. So it's ether, air, water, fire, and earth. And they form three energies called doshas. So the doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. And those three energies, everyone is made up of a completely unique mix of all of those, which is just such a really cool and beautiful thing. And it kind of um, dovetails into your question a little bit more about how it's not a one size fits all solution, not even just for people, but even I think like how your life is going and your lifestyle and your day and things like that. Um, it shifts so much. And so that's why I think it's good that it makes you check in with yourself to really see how you're feeling. Um, so those are kind of just like the high level stuff. I don't want to throw out too, too much because there's, I find that people get overwhelmed when I start going off on, and not even just me, I actually get overwhelmed sometimes in the teachings mm -hmm. that I participate in as a, you know, continuing student. So at a base level, uh, everyone has a dosha. You're a unique mix of one of, of the three, I should say. And basically, you know, one will be more predominant than the others. And you need to eat for your dosha and you want to try to achieve balance. So sometimes your dosha can be out of balance, which can cause um, some digestive issues or even just like anxiety or, you know, just different things like that. So it's why it's this like continuous inquiry that's so cool to explore. 
And with the three doshas, they tend to kind of have some characteristics to them. Can you just really quickly, like you said, I love like it is just information overload, but just yeah. really quickly say what are kind of the key foundations of the three doshas? Yeah, sure. So the doshas, it's not just your physical body. It's also your um, your mental capacity as well. And so for Vata, Vata is a, com a combination of air and ether. And for Vatas, they tend to be pretty cold and dry. Um, they tend to have anxiety or kind of like flaky and, you know, but they're creative, but can't seem to finish things. Um, those are the, some of the things they feel when they're not like in balance. Um, for Pitta, Pitta tend to be like hot and sweaty. Um, they're competitive people by nature um, and can get really like short tempered if they're not in balance. And then Kaphas tend to be a little bit more like chill and laid back um, and loyal. Um, they definitely are like, mo like more moist people. <laughs> I hate that word, but that's the word that they use. The idea of it. <laughs> that's the word that they use. Um, <laughs> um, and just like a little bit like slower in nature. Um, so none of them are good or bad or right or wrong. It's just um, your makeup. Um, and like I said, you're a combination of, of each of them, a different combination. Um, and then there's a dosha that's assigned to you at birth, which is really interesting. This is like going like way further down. And then there's your current dosha. And a lot of times right now, what we're focusing on is your current dosha. And does that change your current dosha? How does that shift and change? Is it life experience? Is it, you know, what prompts that to happen? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question and one that I'm definitely still exploring. From my own experience, how I've seen it change is, um, you know, just like having, I'm like out of balance in one area, like actually this week is a great example. Um, I'm a Vata for sure. Um, and I have been pretty anxious, like I've been constipated, I have felt fatigued and things like that. And so in order for me to get back into balance, I need to eat more like uh, warm grounding foods and more warm like water and, um, you know, going to sleep at a, a decent hour and things like that versus, you know, what might seem intuitive for summer of like, oh, like raw vegetables and everything like that. Um, but and how it can change is, um, you know, there's definitely times where I lean way more into the coffee side of me as well, where I just am more go with the flow or I'm a little bit more lethargic and things like that. So it's just like it ebbs and shifts. Um, I've taken dosha quizzes from so many different places and it's cool. I haven't created one because I don't want to recreate the wheel. And also it seems like it's some sort of algorithm too, <laughs> maybe a natural one. Like some of the books you can just like scribble and figure out which one it, you, you are. Um, but I just like how there's just all different questions asked. So I've seen myself like shift from a few months ago to being a little bit more um, of one dosha and then being other in another moment, but it stayed pretty consistent. So. And in the way that then you mentioned really briefly, kind of eating or nourishing yourself to balance that out, how would you do that? Or what does that kind of look like for the three individual doshas? 
Yeah, so it just kind of depends like what is going on with your life right now. Um, so you could be those three doshas, but at the same time, it's like, how are you feeling? Um, what, like, what's going on with your stomach? Are you, you know, are you constipated? Are you not? It's more about like your digestive fire, which is called Agni as well. And what's, you know, off center there. Um, and then if it's off center, you'd want to follow more of your dosha. So it's kind of, it's not like this one of like, oh, eat this or eat this, but I can give my, like myself as an example mm -hmm. of how I was saying I'm like dry and constipated. Like I shouldn't be having a smoothie for breakfast. You know, I should be eating something more nourishing and grounding like oatmeal like some simple oatmeal or stuff like that. Um, drinking some warm water with lemon, just things to kind of counterbalance to get me back to a place where I'm able to eat things that are kind of all over the map. And I like what you said too, you know, none of them are good and bad. And so it's just leaning into if something is serving you, fuel that. And if something maybe, and honestly having that conversation with yourself, if something, whether it's food or actions or whatever it is, is not serving you, where are you out of alignment and how do you reground that or rebalance that? Yeah, totally. And it's not like, you know, oh, this is such a quick fix. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to eat this one thing and I'll feel better. Like you really need to continuously act, ask yourself, you know, how am I going to feel after this? You know, what is the value that I'm placing around eating this food and things like that? So, um, like if I'm going to eat something that I know maybe isn't going to serve my body the best, meaning it's not going to fuel me in the way that I need to be just recognizing, I don't want to say consequences, just like what the, um, the cause and effect is of it mm -hmm. and how I would need to get back to feeling like myself. Well, and we both have worked with a community too that talks so much about value of food and or value of an experience or value of whatever. So again, it's not, and I don't know how to phrase that either well, like a consequence, but a cause and effect, or there might yeah. be more value in eating something that maybe doesn't serve your body in the way to fuel it, but it feels good to do that for whatever experience, then, then do that, then to lean exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. And that's why... I felt called to bring more of this to life is because I had such a really bad relationship with food for so long as I know so many people have of trying to make myself smaller or, um, you know, thinking that I needed to not eat carbs or just all of these different things. And the thing I love about learning Ayurveda and sharing what I do know is that, like I said, it's not one size fits all and it's not, it's not meant to make you smaller, make you bigger. Like it's, it just is to make you as your body healthy as you can be. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like think about it. It was created 3000 years ago. Right. So there wasn't this, you know, thought of like being thin is better or being larger. It's just, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Well, and what a, obviously, as you said, the sister science to yoga, just that compliment of you being there to explore and express your individuality and your needs, not what's happening outside of that, not that ego space. Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely, um, there's even yoga that is like Ayurvedic yoga as well. So like catering movement to your body. It's interesting. So like a Pitta who's like fiery and competitive and 
probably wants to like run a lot or do something or, you know, go to a spin class or even in a yoga class, it needs to be like a hot one and super active. Well, if that's like really active and aggravating for them right now, then actually doing something slower would be better. So the interesting thing is like these attributes that come from your dosha, uh, while it would seem intuitive to lean in and like, oh, that's what I should be eating. It's actually, it's like the cause and the effect causing the effect. So opposites are what help balance you out. And it's also Ayurveda isn't just about eating and we don't have to go too much into it, but I know you speak so beautifully of it's not just a diet, it's a lifestyle. And it isn't also just about balancing yourself with food. You just mentioned an example of movement. Mm Mm-hmm and there's daily practices and pieces correct i don't know a ton but from what i do know of yeah no you're correct um there are daily rituals um and it kind of depends on what your dosha is and again like what's what's being active right now and what's not but um a few years ago i want to say five or six years ago i feel like the practice of oil pulling where you um take oil and you swish it in your mouth for a certain period of time um, to cleanse it. I feel like that kind of came in vogue, but like no one ever, I, at least me, there wasn't like this attachment that it was to Ayurveda. It was just like something that, you know, was, was trending on all the like health and wellness blocks. Mm-hmm. But um, in Ayurveda, oil pulling is a big um, part of it for purification. There's self-massage with different oils. And um, for some doshas, it's coconut oil. For some, it's sesame oil. Uh, Dry brushing is another big practice from Ayurveda as well. So just all these like little things that have started to surface up, it actually turns out that it's from Ayurveda, which is so interesting. and something that truthfully I recently learned as well. Uh, Yeah, that all came to the same experience that I had too of, oh, these are these trendy, in vogue things to do in the holistic space, but they really stem as it's a really tiny piece of a really big picture of something else. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So now looking back like six years ago or things like that, when it was talking about it, it was like, oh, like they were only telling like a little snippet of the story. Like there's Mm -hmm. so much more to it. So Um, yeah, it's just interesting how it's a never ending journey as well. I wish back then when I had heard about it, because it wasn't just from one source, you know, I wish that it talked more about like where it actually came from versus just like, here are the benefits of it. Um, because I think that it's important and something I'm realizing too, is to honor where it's come from and honor the culture that it's come from. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's and again, it's not just a fad or something. It's not a quick fix of something, as you've said so, so, so many times. It's, it's a whole way of living. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that in an episode that I just shared before this, um, I was thinking about this and then thinking how great you would be on to speak of this too. And I know we touched Lindsay a little bit on body image and struggles with that and how I think it's so appropriate appropriate to not be so attached to this approach. And I think when somebody, for me, I won't speak for everybody, when I start something or being so heavily in diet culture for so long and so many of our listeners, you get on something and it's like, this is my saving grace. Like, this is it. This is what's going to, this will cure it all. Yeah. What, how do you speak to that with the people that you work with and how do you approach all of this 
in a different way? So I think the biggest thing I tell people is there's no such thing as perfect. Uh, it's, there's no failure. It's feedback. Your body's giving you feedback. Um, I tell people to start slow, very slow, like very, very slow. Like uh, the client I signed on today, I think I gave her, I'm going to give her like three, like three recipes. Could she handle more? Probably. But like, don't want to overwhelm because I feel like a lot of times when people start trying to implement something new, what happens is, is they go from zero to a hundred and then burn out. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really big part of it. Um, I tell people, you know, we live in a society now where just restriction and cause I think it kind of comes back to restriction too, of feeling like you have to be, um, doing particular things, even just things or rituals, not even necessarily food. Um, you know, just being realistic with society and your lifestyle and things like that. And then I tell people to, I order takeout. I do it once a week. Like it's how I break up the week. It's not like a cheat meal or anything like that. It's literally for me, like how I'm like, okay, cool. I'm flipping the calendar <laughs> um, and something to just break it up for me and, and not have me, even though I love cooking, just, you know, giving me a break as well. Um, so those are kind of some of the ways that I approach it with people just to see, you know, just to show them that this isn't just like a, a quick thing that's happened. Um, it's taken me a lot of time and, and um, dedication, I would say, to figure out what's been working for my body and what hasn't. It's not something that's gonna happen to you in a week. It could take months, but if you just start, that's the best part. And ultimately thinking about your reason for starting is because I'm a, for me when I've started things, like I just wanna feel better and I wanna feel in alignment and maybe that I think that's by changing my shape or my size or my X, Y, Z, but ultimately it's finding that peace and that space in, in me. Yeah. That's really interesting. You say that it's kind of how I got started, like how I started, um, the path to healing my gut and then also finding Ayurveda was for vanity purposes at first. As a yoga teacher, I was like, I should know how to eat and do all these things. Like, how come I, like, what's wrong with my own body? Like, I still was just not in a place where I loved and honored my body. And so once I started that path of figuring out what works best for me and really trial and error and, um, and it's also some self-work as well. It's not just about the food. It's really kind of digging within as well um, that I felt better about it. And that's, you know, what led me to Ayurveda as well. And I think as somebody who is also teaching yoga, I think it's important to have a good relationship with your body because you're asking your students to have a good relationship with their body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's, you have to do that inner work. You have to do that self-work and that honesty of saying, okay, guess what? Like maybe my intentions at first weren't in the best place, but I found what I needed in, in the time that I needed to find that space. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like the student will listen when they're ready. Mm -hmm. And for me, yeah, it, it stems back to a lot of different things. Um, you know, self-esteem for sure. I think the biggest thing of how I got really like hooked on, Ayurveda and wanting to learn much more about it and continue this journey is I had stomach aches 
all of the time for as long as I can remember growing up. Um, like I'd be out at a restaurant with my parents and be like, we gotta go home, like my stomach hurts. Or um, just really with anything. Like I used to carry around Pepto-Bismol and Imodium, like all the time. And it was just like this bad habit of taking it to cure a symptom without really looking at like what is the root cause. And I've had a really, like I have a quote unquote healthy diet. I've never had a diet where it's, you know, solely, I don't know, like greasy, heavy foods or things like that. Um, so it was kind of hard to figure out like, oh, like there's something wrong. Like I thought it was just, I thought it was just, that's how my body is. Nothing mm -hmm. I can really do about it. Mm -hmm. And so once I started the work to really heal my gut and figure out what works best for my body, it, it stopped. Like, I can't tell you the last time I took an Imodium or a Pepto-Bismol or anything like that, which was such a huge, it was like, a, it was like, um, a crutch for me in a lot of ways. Um, so it was, it was a huge thing for sure. Yeah. I speak so much to that with myself and with the clients that I work with and the ladies that I work with of when you're in the headspace of chasing a size, a number on the scale, uh, whatever externally, you just kind of go with it of like, I'm going to totally ignore the symptom as, is being not my body telling me something of just like, Oh, this is like what I have to do. And like, this is my normal body. Like knowing intuitively that's not, but like caring so much more at that point in time and no shame. Cause I've, I, lived, yeah. I still experience that, but like I cared so much more about something like forcing something than just honoring myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I think about, especially, um, like eating salads, that was a prime thing where I was like, but I'm eating something good. Like I'd get sweet green and then I'd have like the worst stomach ache after. Well, mm -hmm. it was probably because, I shouldn't have been eating something raw and also the number of foods it was combined with like throwing the kitchen sink of vegetables in there probably wasn't the best for me either. So those, those combining factors are what gave me the stomach ache and I just couldn't figure out why. Mm -hmm. um, and it probably also had something to do with maybe what I ate earlier as well. It's not always just one thing, but just like getting that feedback was so fascinating. And once I started to kind of lean in and, and ask my body those questions every single day, like how I'm feeling, it made me feel better in my skin. Um, and actually not that, and this isn't like a vanity thing or a weight thing, but actually like my body has stayed constant. Like it hasn't fluctuated up or down in really dramatic swings, which happens with people, you know, in diet culture. And so that's another reason why I was just like, wow, like this is helping me meet, like be me. Like this is what my body is. So I thought that was really cool. That's a beautiful piece that we get to as well of when you actually tune in and listen and honor, it does all of that madness and <laughs> yeah. that fight like goes away. And it's like, oh, why have, why was I fighting so hard to like I get know. here and now I'm here. But I mean, think of all that like time and energy and things like that. Um, it's just so amazing to me. Cause like, you know, I, and this is again, no shame or anything, but I've had people come to me about like coronavirus being like, oh, how are you doing? Like, have you like gained the Corona 15 or whatever? And I'm like, no, like I'm still eating the same way that I'm eating and I have awareness and things like that. And it's not like, again, it's not a judgment on anyone else, but 
um, because of the way that I've learned to eat for me, I don't have fluctuations um, very much. Well, and that just speaks to it being a lifestyle and not a diet. It's not something that you're having to switch on and switch off and fight against. It's just that's how you live your life. And it, it serves you really well. Yeah. And it's not black or white and, um, it's probably not in Ayurveda, but like I drink alcohol or, Mm -hmm. you know, I eat pizza and things like that. Like I'm not going to not do it. And it's what we talked about earlier in terms of a, the cause and effect, but B also like, what is the value behind it? Um, so that's been a thing, big thing too. Um, I think, you know, another reason for me of why I've just enjoyed like exploring this so much is um, stress is a huge thing. Um, so when my father was 45, I, around 45, I think, I don't remember anymore, and I was about 15, um, you know, my family, we lived a very healthy lifestyle. We ate well, like we played sports, all these different things. And my dad had a stroke. And it was just kind of, I wish it took me, I wish it didn't take me so long to realize like that is a wake up call for me of, you know, I need to love my body and I need to treat it well and I need to honor when it's stressed and whatnot. So um, I've had a lot of journeys through that. So that's part of my why is seeing that firsthand and experiencing it and knowing that, you know, eating well and and all those things aren't the only thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. So, mm-hmm. so that's been a big part of my why as well. Not just not, it's like that. And then also the wanting to feel good about myself. Back in your, uh, back in your yoga theory, yogi theory of like, when I am well, you are well, because we are one in the community together. Yeah, exactly. So. It's like, do no harm, all that stuff. Um, exactly. So yeah, there's just a lot of reasons why I, it just sparked and it felt right for me. And that's why I'm just so excited to share it and to continue to learn because there's so much to learn, like never, ever, ever stops. Um, I'm excited about the continuing education I'm doing in it. Um, and just sharing little nuggets with people is, it's really fun. And what is Lindsay working with you look like? do you, you set, you know, you share recipes, do you, what, explain to that. So if people are really interested and do yeah, you have sure. to be in Boston? Yeah, no, you don't have to be in Boston. Even better. You can be anywhere. It's virtual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, coronavirus, for, mm-hmm. you know, making Zoom meetings a thing. Yeah. <laughs> or just like getting us a little bit more comfortable with being virtual. So I will have a conversation with you and just understand your lifestyle, try to get to understand what your goals are, everything, like where you live, what what is the climate like, like how much time do you want to spend making food, what are you eating normally, all of those questions, and then like some some mental questions is too, is like your anxiety, are you anxious, are you a competitive person, like what's going on, like um, sometimes depending on the person's interest in Ayurveda, I'll have them take a quiz. Um, so that they can dive in and learn a little bit more. But I've had all types of spectrums of like who's interested in Ayurveda and who's not, or not, I shouldn't say not, but like who wants to like dive in. And then people were like, yeah, I want to start incorporating some things. Like it doesn't need to be like my life. Mm -hmm. So from there, 
I will put together recipes for you for the week. Um, I'll share like, um, it's like a grid and I'll link out to recipes. And what I do a lot of time, it's like everyday recipes. They're not, um, some of them are Ayurvedic recipes, but a lot of them too are, you know, things that you, just everyday things that you can make in the kitchen um, or feel interested in or just want to try something different and really lean on a lot of the seasonal vegetables that are in um, in the markets right now, which are so important. Uh, seasonal eating is another huge part of Ayurveda as well. And so I'll share all that out and I'd like to take the clutter out of recipes. Um, I also share some notes with people a lot like here's why I picked this for you. Like you said, you know, you were feeling kind of bloated this week, like this ingredient would help with this. And then I also provide a lot of like hacks and workarounds for recipes and stuff. Like this is just a really simple example, but um, in terms of like prep work, I feel like a lot of recipes like go like off on a tangent and make it more complicated than it mm -hmm. needs to be. Like cauliflower rice is a great example. Um, <laughs> it can be really laborious and kind of messy and it's like you know what the frozen or the packaged one as long as it's just cauliflower rice like go for it you're going to save yourself a lot of time and effort so I try to really make it easy for people and then the other thing that I do too is I create a shopping list very extensive shopping list and it's broken out by the sections in the grocery store and I also will indicate on there if there's any ingredients um where there might be, or sorry, if there's any, yeah, ingredients or something on your shopping list that might have ingredients that you kind of want to stay away from. And you'd be surprised. I'm not just talking about like sauces and things like that. I'm, I'm even talking about like canned diced tomatoes and mm -hmm. things that you probably wouldn't assume have additives or shelf stabilizers or things like that that just aren't really great for our gut. So I make sure that those stand out as well. So I probably, that was a really long-winded response, but basically I give you recipes for the week, simplify it, give you reasons why. Yeah, I give you the shortcuts, a shopping list, and you're good to go. And we check in and I do um, a 90-day, or I shouldn't really say 90-day because it's not like a, a daily thing. Um, I do a 12-week package. I do, I do it by the month and then I also do it bi-weekly too if people are interested. I love that. I love one, the simplicity that you give and two, just, I really encourage people if they are dabbling in something new or wanting to try something new, this is the value of having Lindsay, having an expert in this space to say, or a guide, a mentor in this space to tell you some tips, some hacks, some things to make it easier because Lindsay obviously believes in this and there's science in this and it's something that can be so beneficial to you. But in my experience, when I've tried things and not because I didn't have somebody to explain them to me, it went really poorly. And then I just was like, Oh, maybe this whole thing is not for me. Well, I just didn't go about it in the best way. And if I would have had somebody like Lindsay to help walk me through that, it could have been a totally, it would have been a totally different experience. Yeah, definitely. I love being a mentor and a guide in that space. And um, as someone who's trying to mentor people, I also work with mentors and coaches as well. I think it's so important. Um, one of the things that working with other coaches has taught me is that, and I'm sure, you know, just in the nature of how we've met too, is it's really important to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, investing in yourself is huge. And sometimes 
you do need to ask for help. If you want to, you know, do something and learn the most efficient way to do something, you do need to ask for help sometimes. So I think that's a really important thing too. Um, you know, sure, could somebody look up stuff on the internet and do that? Yeah, but your time also costs money and all of those different things. So just something to keep in mind. And it was something that when I was first investing in myself in that manner, like it scared me so much of like, oh my gosh, I'm spending money on this. Like, is it going to work? Is it not? And it's really what you put into it is what you get out. Um, but at the same time, I just really want to iterate. It's so important to invest in yourself and invest in something that you're interested in and really want to benefit from. And it doesn't mean that then you're investing for the rest of your life or you do like Lindsay teaches you the tool. She gives you a good outline and a balance. And then you take that and why? Make that, yeah. Like then you get to do it and you get to take that on as your own space. So, the, yeah. and, and you're right. It's, we oftentimes don't invest in ourselves because we just don't see the worth and the value in us, not in what we're wanting to invest in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, Again, it's, it does take some work to get there, but um, it's, it's good. It's good mm -hmm. to invest in yourself. Absolutely. What would you say, Lindsay, I like to ask everybody this, what would you say is your super weapon? My super weapon? Hmm. I think it would be optimism. I, yeah. <laughs> 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 I like that. The optimism. Um, and the reason why I say that is, and optimism isn't something where I'm like, nothing is wrong. There's nothing going on wrong right now. And just being naive and denial and things like that. It's just understanding that with when things are, are crazy, there's still a possibility and opportunity and um, to have something go right. And to just be grateful. So you shared that perfectly too with like listening to the nudges of the universe and like thanking coronavirus for the pieces that it gave you. It just, you found the light in that space. Yeah, exactly. You, you like, you know, to. yeah, exactly. Like losing my job wasn't ideal. Did I want it to happen? No, I wanted it to be, you know, on my own terms, but I could have looked at it and I have in the past. I worked in advertising. It's kind of the deal you get into when you're in that industry of like, yeah, you probably could be laid off. So it wasn't my first time, but from previous experiences, I, I came at it kind of like this victimization of like, why me? Like there was something wrong with me and all these things. And, you know, I've just come to realize over the years, maybe it's with age, maybe, I don't know, um, that it's, a, it's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I, so I see it with optimism. And what does being fierce mean to you? Being fierce means being bold, like just going for it. Um, just having this fire and drive and just going for it. Letting your uh, pitta go wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Live, just like living, living your and <laughs> going with it. Yes, exactly. Just being fierce and bold. And where can everybody find you? Where can they talk more about this? Kind of follow your journey and get some great recipes, get some meals. Sure. Yeah. Um, the best place to find me right now is on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at underscore Lindsay Varney. And I'm sure Megan will 
put it in the show notes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I, I got you. Out, I won't spell out my name for you. <laughs> um, and right now I'm in the works of putting up um, a website as well. Ooh. And then my email as well. I'll give it to Megan and she can drop it in the show notes, but honestly following the journey and all of that stuff. Um, and even if you just have questions, want to chat, Instagram is definitely the best way to do that. Awesome. And Lindsay, you're so right. Everything will be in the show notes. So you guys can just go click right on those links and dive right into all of the things that she's sharing with and teaching everybody. So Lindsay, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for showing up, for being honest, for being so insightful and sharing here with everybody. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm so honored. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.